1: Our schedule for the podcast is still a little up in the air, with wildfire coverage justifiably demanding most of our attention. We hope to bring you some updates on how the fires have affected some of our natural spaces in future episodes. But for now, we have something else entirely. An interview with Tyler Green, a Portland ultrarunner, who recently became the fastest person to circle Mount Rainier via its Wonderland Trail claiming the fastest known time, or FKT, with a record of 16 hours, 40 minutes, and 55 seconds. And I should say, as well, Jamie and I recorded our interview with Tyler before Portland athlete Alex Borsick set a new female, unsupported Wonderland Trail FKT. She completed the trail in one day, one minute, and 26 seconds. Hats off to both Alex and Tyler. Now here's the show.
0: Hello, hello. Welcome back to Peak Northwest, an outdoors and travel podcast by The Oregonian and Oregon Life, dedicated to the adventure and exploration of our beautiful Pacific Northwest. I'm Jamie Hale.
1: And I'm Jim Ryan. And together we take you to some of the most beautiful and interesting destinations in our region, discussing where to go, what to do, and places to see. And today, Jamie... Let's start off. I've, I've got a question for you.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: So we talked a little bit ago about things to do up on Mount Rainier, mm-hmm. and we didn't talk about circumnavigating the mountain. How long do you think it would take you to hike around
0: Mount Rainier? Jeez, well, what's the mileage on that? 90-ish miles on Ugh. the Wonderland Trail. You know, I would say I would give myself like at least like seven days, like a solid, like a solid week. To yeah. do it, a while, a yeah. while for sure.
1: uh What if I told you that someone has circled the mountain, completing that entire loop, ninety-ish miles in sixteen hours, forty minutes, and fifty-five <laughs> seconds? You know, uh,
0: to, to be exact, <laughs> just like a little more than half a day.
1: Uh, yeah, absolutely. Just uh, a little bit more than half a day.
0: That's um, that's incredible. Um, that's insane, and. I, I think I, I would say that I have a few questions about that situation.
1: Well, Jamie, today is your lucky day. We're going to do a little something new here on the show, highlighting a local athlete who's been absolutely getting after it this summer. Uh, here with us is Tyler Green, a Portland resident, middle school teacher, sponsored runner, and the new holder of the fastest known time on Mount Rainier's Wonderland Trail. Tyler, welcome to the show. Hi, thanks for having me. Yeah, well, thanks for being here. Man, we've got a lot of questions, Uh, a lot of questions for you here. But first off, how'd you pull this thing off, man?
2: Oh, that's a big question. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Well, um, I guess to start was, this is not like a, it definitely wasn't a a one year thing or that it was something that I just got a wild hair and, and thought about it. It's been on my mind for quite a while. and kind of developing into, um, the runner that I am today, that took quite a while. And then to, to kind of have the confidence to go after something as big as the Wonderland trail, um, it definitely took a, a number of other experiences to kind of get to that point.
0: so how long have you been preparing, um, to be, to do this trip?
2: Well, I, so I consider myself an ultra marathon runner and specifically trail runner, uh, and, and then the mountains are, are really, uh what i what I love to run in most of all, and so I've been doing ultra ultra marathons for about five years, and that started with um a fifty k down in the mackenzie river um and has kind of built up in mileage over time to where last year I did three one hundred mile races and that i mean all of that has developed me kind of to the point where I felt like i could i could go after this as well
1: very cool and Tyler, before we jump into maybe some of the specifics on, you know, I guess I went for the big fish first. How'd you pull this off? (laughs) But uh, I suppose I should back up. We should back up. Uh, I referenced a thing called the fastest known time, which uh, that's fairly self-explanatory. You're the quickest person to run around the mountain. Uh, What is the fastest known time? And uh, this is, you know, by my understanding of it, a community of folks going after uh, a very specific, down to the second mileage kind of record around a certain peak or on a certain trail or whatnot.
2: Yeah, the idea of fastest known time it was started by a couple guys from Colorado who just started looking at these routes and saying, "Well, how fast could we do them?" And then started some message boards uh, to collect all of these times in one place, and then that has blossomed quite a bit uh, to a new website that uh, that is a a big database of every effort that anyone has ever run (laughs) and people submit their um, GPX tracks. So using GPS capabilities and following the route that they take, they send that in and verify it through this website. Uh, And of course this year uh, without many races at all, there have been a few um, but with many races being canceled, people have just been throwing themselves at these at these uh, different routes. And so people will make up their own routes or there are some sort of classic ones that people have gone on in the past as well.
0: So I'm looking at the fastest known time website and it says you hold 12 fastest known times. Is that right?
2: Well, I don't necessarily hold them. I think I've had them at some point. Some of them have been okay. taken away from me <laughs> as well. I think I might hold like five or so at this point.
0: Yeah. Well, so when you were looking at doing the Wonderland Trail, what was the the previous fastest known time, if there was one, that you were kind of aiming to, to unseat?
2: Yeah, that's a part of the intrigue of this whole story. So uh, to start off with, there's this really nicely produced video um, on YouTube that you can find about the Wonderland Trail and a guy's effort, his name's, um, Gary Robbins, who broke the record by, I believe two hours. Um, and he, he put, he set the mark at 18 hours and 53 minutes. And then a couple years later, a uh, guy from Ashland, uh, Ryan Gelfie, who's about also a buddy of mine and has kind of helped me to, to prepare for this as well. He, uh, broke that time by about 20 minutes. So it was down to 1827. Um, but then I have a really good friend of mine who, uh, lives in Portland as well, and he I and and with races being canceled and his being canceled as well, um, he set his sights on the Wonderland Trail as well, and we actually texted back and forth about like, would you want to pace me on this and run a little bit with me? Um, five days prior, he ended up going up and and running the FKT in sixteen hours and fifty eight minutes, and so that's a that's a ninety minutes off of. A record that was already, I was under the impression, was super stout. And he, um, he just demolished that. And so I, uh, I knew that he was going for it that day. And I checked it, checked his Instagram all day. And finally, you know, at 10 o'clock at night, he put up a post showing his time and I like, blinked and my jaw dropped and I didn't sleep that night because I was preparing <laughs> for this, for this route. And yet, the the goal had completely shifted. Uh, so 1658, that was the time to beat. And then, um, it really took me about that full five days to just kind of shift my, my mind to realize that maybe it was possible if I had a really good day.
0: (laughs) So what does that entail then? I'm so curious when you're looking then at saying, okay, I, I need to run this now in 16 hours in 58 seconds, 58 minutes or less what what are you what is your strategy then physically or mentally to prepare yourself for that kind of exertion hmm. um
2: well to know to know that it's going to be uncomfortable uh to say the least i mean it's a it's just it's gonna be a really hard day but also um well it shifted a few things i on one side, I knew that I had to go a lot faster early on; that I couldn't dig myself into a hole. And I knew all I knew. Um, so the first the first stretch of the trail it's um, somewhere around thirty miles, and it goes uh, there are five pretty pretty substantial climbs that you do. You climb about ten or eleven thousand feet of elevation gain over it. And my initial plan was to be pretty conservative to save myself for the for the. Two third the la- the final two thirds of the of the mm-hmm. route, and knowing how fast he had run that stretch, I knew that I had to be pretty sharp and keep my foot on the gas a little bit during that first stretch. So, and and honestly, I just a lot of it was me just saying I need to just run how I'm going to run and not care about what um what my buddy Dylan had run prior. Um, that if I tried to run his pace, that that would put me in trouble my mantra is run the pace the the trail gives you don't try to force anything Um, don't try to try to run an artificial pace that you're not able to sustain and so uh so I just kind of let it happen and got into a nice rhythm and knew that if I got to Mowich Lake where I would see my supporting my supporting crew for the first time if I got to got there under six hours, then I could at least continue to challenge for it. So, but it was really about like, I got to get into my place and just run how I am able to run and not worry about his, his pace and, and where he was at at that point.
0: Yeah. I mean,
1: sounds like the mental game is, you know, a humongous part of pulling something like this off, uh, for the uninitiated though. I mean, the idea of taking a trail that you would do over the course of, seven days, nine days, something like that, and condensing all of this effort into, you know, a matter of hours, you know, less than one full day, you know, folks are bringing humongous backpacking bags on a trip like this. How are you outfitted to go after one of these very big mountain trail run type experiences?
2: Yeah, it's intentionally pretty light. Of course, I mean, you don't want to be hauling too much stuff. And that does, that does add to the, you're more nimble when you're going over river crossings or on technical terrain. And so my um, outfit, it consists of, I'll have like a, a hydration vest, something that is tightly fitting on me. Uh, and then and I, I actually filled my bladder all the way in hopes that I could, I would not have to stop and fill water at all. And I take net the the risk of not filtering water if I needed if I absolutely had to fill water I actually didn't end up having to so I guess that mm-hmm. wasn't the big issue um, so hydration and then usually counting calories up to oh I'll get some gels uh, some energy gels and maybe a Snickers or something like that and I'll I'll really calculate my calories out for about two hundred and fifty to three hundred calories per hour and then eat the eat eat about one hundred and fifty. Per half hour in total, so I've got about that that many calories to take me through. Uh, Besides that, I have my uh, my trail shoes and and poles, um, and what else? Maybe a light jacket as well. Um, And then I also bring my Garmin InReach Mini, which is a device that would allow me if I were to get in trouble to um, to text my supporting crew or to send an SOS message if something really went wrong.
1: And so that leads me to my next question then, which is, uh, you did this trip supported, which means as far as I know, that you have folks out on the trail who are going to run with you, who are going to maybe uh, have some food for a resupply for you. Um, walk us through the logistics a little bit of how you actually plan and then execute uh, an undertaking like this.
2: Yeah, so within the FKT website, you'll see there are actually a number of different categories. There's unsupported, which means you're just on your own. You can fill up water in sources that you find on the trail, and that's it. And and then there's uh, supported and self-supported, where you actually... Self-supported would be you. You leave some gear out for yourself or something, and have maybe a cash available to you. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the supported effort is there. Your your crew is out there to help you in whatever capacity you choose. I mean, you, they can't carry you, and they can't drive you <laughs> from place to place, of course. Uh, so that for me meant uh, I had a group: my my wife and three buddies of mine, and I had each of them. Kind of covering a certain area for me, to run with me and um, take care of some needs. They carried a couple of bottles, a bottle of coke, and a bottle of energy drink for me um, for when I needed that, uh, as well as just to be company and, and to give me um, some moral support. And then they also met me at three different pla- uh, four different places. Uh, along the trail so that I would, I, we did it really quickly where I would come into, for instance, Moach Lake in the first 30 miles. Um, basically it was dropped one backpack, put on a different backpack, um, ate some watermelon that they cut up for me. And then I was off. And so and that was a goal of mine was just to not stop at all just to keep walking through. So they were just walking with me and I was eating and then they're like, All right, let's go see you in the next place. (laughs) Uh, So and it's a big day for the crew as well. I mean, it's, it's like two and a half, three hours to the first spot, another three hours to the next spot. So they're, they're working really hard. And then of course, their stress is up high as well waiting for me. (laughs)
0: Well, let's talk about the Wonderland Trail itself for a minute. So, I mean, this is obviously one of the most beautiful hiking trails in the Pacific Northwest. It's you know one of the most beautiful mountains in the region as well. What can you tell us about the trail and what's so special about it? Maybe you know, paint a picture for those of us who have not seen it or have not been up there to Mount Rainier.
2: Yeah, and I would add that it's it's beyond just the Northwest. It's one of the best trails in the world, um, and. I've been to a number of places, but, um, actually Dylan, my buddy, he's, he's trail run and, and raced all over the world. And he's like, I put that up there with, you know, Mont Blanc, um, with some of the, some of the most Epic trails out there. So, uh, the Wonderland trail, um, I know Timberline trail is, is near to Portland and I would say it, it has its similarities. You're going in and out of these deep canyons, um, deep into old growth forests and then slowly making your way up into alpine meadows and up into even like high alpine areas that are just, you know, rock and snow fields. And I had the wildflowers are ridiculous right now as well. It goes by, um, by right next to um, the carbon glacier. So you're just looking over to the right and, and seeing this amazing glacier. Then you can hear the, the, hear rocks and, and ice falling off of it as well. It's it's a, it's a spectacular, spectacular trail and incredibly burly. I mean, we talk about the, the distance, but also the elevation gain. It has about 24,000 feet of elevation uh, gain, which means you're going up 25,000 feet, but you're also going down 25,000 feet. And that takes it out of your quads
0: as well. Yeah, I imagine that kind of trail, there must be some very specific challenges of you know, not just hiking it, but doing what you're trying to do and running it in a short amount of time. So what are kind of the specific challenges about that trail?
2: Yeah. You know, I think to, to talking about that mental game, one of the things that I've learned is that breaking it into chunks has really helped the first third, just, being calm and and just kind of letting the miles slide by in that time. Um, so in that first stretch, there's five climbs that are anywhere from I think 3,000 feet to 1,500 feet. Uh, I think I've kind of mentioned that that stretch of the trail as well. But then it descends really, really far down into um, the Carbon River Valley and then back up. And one of the biggest challenges for me was that I forgot about a couple climbs and that really meant <laughs> that really messed with me mentally. Uh, so it was a big long climb um, and then a short descent. And then this is the thing that I forgot was another, I think it was a three 3,500 foot climb and then a 1500 foot descent and then another 2,500 foot climb and you're in high altitudes so, or higher altitudes. So you can, you can feel that as well, but going downhill uh, that, that takes a lot out of you, Um, but I think the biggest thing is all the climbing that you do, and it just accumulates over the entire day.
1: Yeah, so from maybe the most difficult thing to, I don't know if this is even possible, Tyler, but to pick out a singular highlight or moment or place on the trail mm. that was a number one, your favorite of the day.
2: Ooh. Uh, let's, so going, I guess I keep mentioning in this carbon, this carbon river valley. And as you kind of get past the, like from next to the glacier and go up a little bit higher and towards what's called a uh, mystic Lake, there's just this view that you get of the North face of Mount Rainier, where you look up and it just towers in front of you. And I think that of course it's gorgeous. And then it also just gives you this, sense of awe and almost terror for how big this mountain is i mean growing up in in oregon we didn't really go up to mount rainier we spent a lot of time on mount hood and and mountain hood is, Mount hood is big it's it's just it's still like pretty manageable compared to what you get up in mount rainier it's just so massive and and the surrounding area is pretty rugged as well So. Um, yeah, that 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 spot, especially just the view of the mountain itself, that was pretty special to me.
0: Now, Tyler, I know you talked a little bit about sort of the the mental game and some of the the physical aspects of it. Um, I'm curious about the emotional aspects. As you're talking about some feeling of that awe, and you know, feeling those really uh, those really big kind of uh, emotions there up in the mountain, and then you're also at the same time accomplishing this really great accomplishment. Um, of course, you don't know at the time, I assume in the middle of it, that you're about to you know, get this fastest known time and, and beat out your buddy, but what is what are some of the emotions that are going through you as you're undertaking this experience? Mm,
2: yeah, I think it's you're pretty frayed by the end of it, um, just from, from everything, all of your energy being poured out throughout the day. Um, but I definitely had highs and lows where I thought, oh, of course, I'm going out there for the record, but I also want to enjoy this incredible experience of of going around a mountain. And I think that there really is something special about, about mountain circumnavigations and seeing them from every aspect and having this, just living out this story throughout the day. Um, and with that, I think, you know, when you're getting into If, if we really like kind of put this into story form when you're getting into like the rising, the rising conflict and, and the climax of the story, um, towards the end, you go up into the highest point. It's called Panhandle Gap. And then shortly after that, Ohana pakash Park. And those were places where I actually thought I was far beyond or far behind the record. And so it was really this conflicting, these conflicting emotions of here I am. A gorgeous place, so privileged and amazed to be in this this glorious landscape, and yet feeling pretty down because I was going for a record as well, and then also kind of just feeling like my legs are done and that I'm pretty exhausted <laughs> and and so it's yeah it's a it's just a unique experience to have all of these things running through you at one time and and trying to enjoy this moment and yet at the same time really wanting to just be done uh and yeah so those are those are some kind of those are some really unique existential moments that I think you get from from these efforts when you're going really hard and and pushing yourself at this sort of level and I think for me like pushing myself to a level that I haven't really gone before Um, that's really special and something that I think I can bring with myself, bring with me into, you know, for instance, the school year and and thinking about resilience and, and perseverance and, and the importance of challenge in our lives. Um, how does
1: your running mesh with your time in the classroom with children under, you know, more normal circumstances and curious now, you know, amid the coronavirus
2: pandemic, what that looks like for you? I uh, so I teach health and wellness for sixth graders and seventh graders, and one of the biggest things that I talk about or one of my favorite lessons that I lo- like to teach them I should say is about like this idea of flow state or or being in the zone, and that usually being in the zone this flow state it 's not that it 's not that like we're able to it 's not a place of relaxation it 's a place of challenge and and meeting the challenge with the skills that you have and that that's when we feel most alive and that's when we're um we're most at one with ourselves and and really happy and if i can impart that on my middle schoolers this idea that like challenge is an important part of our lives and that when we rise to the occasion we will grow and then we'll be able to rise to the next occasion that might even be more difficult in the next time. Um, that's something that I just, I want to impart on my, on my students for sure.
0: Absolutely. I love that. That's such a great message. And it seems like it's just really, really appropriate for the time as well. So, Mm -hmm. um, thanks for, for learning that and for teaching it to the younger generation. That's super valuable.
2: Yeah. And I think it's tough because I think the idea of doing something this big, it's I've, I've often gotten people that are just saying, Oh, you're so amazing. And yet each person has their own challenges that are in front of them. And everybody's, everybody's doing something that is, I would say it's, it's different, but it's not more or less inspiring or or exciting. It's just, it's their challenge. It's, it's their adventure that they're, they're leading. And so my, my job is just to say, what is that thing for you? What is that thing that you want to go after?
1: Cool, man. Well, I want to hear more about some of your other recent big runs, but why don't we do that right after a short break? All right, folks, we are back talking with Tyler Green about his recent achievement on the Wonderland Trail. And Tyler, we forgot to mention how this all wrapped up. Uh, you said you were thinking you were a little bit behind, and you ended up with the FKT. So, uh, walk us through, run us through uh, what happened there.
2: Yeah, um, towards the end, you go to a place called Box Canyon. There's a, a trailhead there where my crew met me, and I had actually I thought that going through that that area, Panhandle Gap and Ohana pakash that I was quite a bit behind and was really struggling with this experience and and as a whole and, and kind of down on myself that I wasn't going to make it. And I I got down to my crew and they said, Oh, you're ahead of schedule. And I had kind of messed up the time as far as how much time was necessary. But what was cool about that is just like my, I, I felt like my legs, my, my climbing legs were completely spent. And having that sort of change in mindset that I was still in it, um, all of a sudden like getting this really amazing, I guess one word for it is second wind or, or just a really cool rally um, was able to run super well in the next stretch and knowing that um, you get up to this final climb and I was able to climb really well. And then, uh, and then, and then getting through that and, and having my crew say, okay, you got it. You barring any catastrophe of, of just ending this, this climb as well or, or going down on this hill and and ended up having getting below the record at that point
0: No, that's amazing that's that's such a it's such a great accomplishment it's it's really i think really uh important to hear about how how those things come about and how they unfold so thanks for sharing all of that story and, and tyler before we let you go here we mentioned it before in the show that you have set a few other fkts around the pacific northwest um you know talk us through just maybe like two or three of the ones that like really meant the most to you.
2: Uh, yeah, you know, actually the, the biggest one for me, um, and, and not necessarily in size, but the Timberline trail, which I think you guys did a podcast about not too, not too yeah, long ago. Or as that's well, right. Um, that one is that's, that's the trail that's probably nearest to my heart and was the, the trail that I really fell in love with trail running through, uh, but that one I did a couple years ago and um, was really a special day for me to, to go through that. You know, I'd actually had my dad, I think he many years ago with the Mazamas, he had done um, the Timberline Trail in one day and he had told me about that and he said that there, when they were up, on gnarle ridge or lamberson butte they they were sitting there and this man comes running up and kind of looks at them and kind of gives them a nod and then continues running and he was just in awe about that Mm. and uh and i got to kind of i guess kind of channel that that man that that they saw and um and got to be that that day just being able to to run so strong through that trail so that's definitely one um and, you know, I, I just, again, I love those circumnavigations. So earlier this year, I actually, I broke the record for the Lewitt Trail as well. And my big goal was to have all three of those, the circumnavigations around Mount St. Helens, Mount Hood, and Mount Rainier. And I mean, when it comes down to it, you, you give your best effort. And there are other people going for these things as well. And it might not come to pass. And I was really fortunate that uh, that, I was able to have all three, even just for a little while. I currently hold them, but who knows? Any day someone could take them.
0: (laughs) Tyler, we are in awe of your abilities here. Thank you so much for coming on the show. Um, So for folks who want to keep up with your runs, because I'm sure you have more of these to come, um, how should they keep up with you here?
2: Uh, Yeah, you can follow me on Instagram at narrowgreenarrow. And my wife and I, my wife's also a trail runner and we have a website at www.ultrasidehustle.com. Those would be the two main places that you can, you can follow us.
0: Perfect. Tyler, thanks so much for coming on again and good luck out there.
2: Thank you so much. (laughs) Jamie,
1: that was a really fun conversation with Tyler. I mean, you and I both like getting out in the mountains and pushing ourselves, seeing beautiful places. But I think this trip, I know this trip is many notches above uh, what you and I are up to. And it's cool to hear <laughs> someone who's just getting after it, you know, really ridiculously hard in the
0: mountains here uh, in the Northwest. But Jim, I got to ask, I'm seeing on Tyler's Fastest Known Times that he has one doing the Wildwood Trail, which I know that you also ran recently. So what do you think you're going to go after his time of three hours, 22 minutes and one second?
1: Uh, let's just say that, uh, my emphatic two letter response of no, uh, (laughs) that is not happening. I was stoked to just make it through the wildwood trail. Uh, my, my run was much more of a, uh, a hike and a hobble and, you know, whatever I could do to get through (laughs) the end of it. Uh, or for Tyler, I'm sure, uh, He was uh, excelling, let's say, uh, at the end of his Wildwood run. So, yeah, uh, count me in as a solid no on that one.
0: I think a hike and a hobble can describe a lot of uh, experiences for those of us who go out there on these trails. But, hey, anyone who wants to continue to try to uh, excel themselves and maybe challenge some fastest known times, you can find all of these fastest known times at fastestknowntime.com.
1: There we go. Uh, easy to remember, Jamie. But I think for now it is time to say goodbye. Until next time here on the podcast, you can watch our videos on the Oregonians' YouTube channel, follow us on Instagram at Peak Northwest, and view all of our travel and outdoors coverage on OregonLive.com slash travel. you folks enjoy the show, please leave us a rating or review wherever you listen to podcasts. And If you want to support this podcast and our local journalism, please consider a subscription to Oregon Live. You can find details about how to do that at OregonLive.com slash pod support. This episode of the show was produced by me, Jim Ryan,
0: alongside Jamie Hale and Elliot News. Stay safe and happy travels, everyone. Until next time, we leave you with this 10 seconds of Zen.